0: Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. You know, I, I, uh, I know that the, um, the influence of a mother is something, is just incredible, you know. Um, I read this and I've got some things that I read I kind of fit with what we're thinking about in terms of mothers and uh, this person said, I finally found a Mother's Day card that expressed my feelings for my mother in real terms. And, you know, you go and then there's all these people there in the aisle looking for cards, you know. And it said this, now that we have a mature adult relationship, there's something I'd like to tell you. You're still the first person I think of when I fall down and go boom. (laughs) Mom. After dinner on Mother's Day, a mother was was washing the dishes. When her teenage daughter wandered into the kitchen horrified to see her mother at the sink, she exclaimed, oh, Mama, you shouldn't have to do dishes on Mother's Day. Mother was so touched by this. She was about to take off her apron and give it to her daughter when the daughter added, they'll keep till tomorrow. (laughs) And there was a 15-year-old boy. He came down. He found his mom sick in bed. And he asked if she was sick or something. Like, it wasn't obvious. And he was concerned and... She said, yeah, I don't feel too good. And she says, well, don't worry about dinner. I'll be happy to carry you down to the stove. (laughs) Moms. Uh, Charles Swindoll says that I know of no more permanent imprint on a life than one made by mothers. He says, I guess that's why Mother's Day always leaves me a little nostalgic. Not simply because my mother's gone on, And heaven's probably cleaner because of it. (laughs) But because that's the one day the real heroines of our world get the credit they deserve. Hats off to every one of you. More than any statesman or teacher, more than any minister or physician, more than any film star, athlete, business person, author, scientist, civic leader, entertainer, or military hero, you are the most influential person in your child's life. Wow. No guilt, no no pressure or anything, but you do have a great influence, and so I want to just encourage you as moms, keep doing a good job. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 12. We started the last last time we started the first part of Matthew 12, and uh, the thought was, don't miss the point. It's not about the rules and the regulations, they were talking about the Sabbath day. And uh, the fact that Jesus healed, and the fact that His disciples ate grain, they harvested grain on the Sabbath because they were hungry. But it's about relationship. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And it's about resting in Him. We talked about the question, "Why are you here?" And we're not here because we have to be here. It's not a rule. It's not a regulation. We're here to, to as Jesus showed us that the things that He would do on the Sabbath, He would heal people. We're here to, to be healed. We're here to be strengthened, encouraged. And I hope that when you leave here, you're not going out in guilt and condemnation, but rather you're, you're strengthened enough to say, I want to go one more day, one more week, one more year following Jesus until we get to that place that we sang about earlier. No more darkness, no more weeping, no more sorrow. It's not always easy, but but we need to Hold on to Jesus, and He will give us the help that we need. So let's not miss the point that He loves us, that He cares for us. So cool, those verses there. Look at verse 20. He says, a bruised reed He will not break, and a smoldering wick He will not snuff out. He doesn't want to squash us. He doesn't want to snuff us out. But it's really just the opposite. He wants to put us together. He wants to heal us. He wants to fan us into flame, this little tiny spark that might be in our lives. He wants to fan it into flame. Now, I've decided for today to jump ahead to the last part of uh, chapter 12, in honor of Mother's Day. Um, we'll come back to the other section. We won't, we won't uh, forget about it. Don't worry. It was about Jesus and Beelzebub. And I thought, in honor of the mothers, we'll, we'll save that part for another time. Maybe Father's Day. Um, But it's about Jesus' mother and his brothers. Let's look at verse 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Maybe it was Mother's Day. Who knows? But the family was there and they came to talk to him. Luke says that they weren't able to get near him. The crowd was so big inside the house. Look at verse 47. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. They want to talk to you, your mother and your brothers. It's family time. Let's get together. And Jesus had brothers. Jesus also had sisters, half-brothers and half-sisters. Joseph and Mary had other children after Jesus but the question is, is that all they wanted? And what I want to talk to you, to you a little bit about today is we have our, our family, our natural family, but we also have our spiritual family. And they're both important. They're both important. But sometimes family get, families get a little strange, don't they? I think both types of families we have struggles with, right? Some of you are laughing like, oh, which family are you talking about? Are you talking about this family here? talking about the family you got at home. It gets a little bit difficult. It gets a little bit painful sometimes. <laughs> I could tell you stories about my family. I, uh, you know, I have this Skype. I was talking to one of my brothers on the, phone, on the, the Skype, you know, the computer thing where you can see them. And, uh, and when I was there last time, I, I hooked the Skype thing up for him, and he's never called me on it, but, but um, one of my other brothers came, and he, so he decided to, you know, he saw that I was on, and he, he called, and he was there. And then my other brother stepped into the picture, and I just like, like he has this, like, like up here like this. But back here, it's like down to like here. all will spring, and, and his beard was like down to like here. You know, I'm going, who is that guy, you know? So, so I'm going to try that um, just to kind of see how it looks. You know, I try to tell them, you know, that Jesus has made a difference in my life. And, and you know, we kind of all, we all we all came from the same litter, right? <laughs> but I'm not like the good one or the good egg. But Jesus has done something in my life. He's still working in my life. There's a long way to go. A lot of things that he's still working on in my life. And, and I'm going to have some time next month to see some of these brothers and some of these... Uh, family members, but the, the, the family, they came, and, you know, what did they really want? Well, I want you to turn with you to Mark chapter 3, and uh, we'll, we get a little bit more of the picture. Mark chapter 3, <clears throat> in verse 20, it says, Jesus entered a house. And again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said he is out of his mind. Some of your versions say friends, but the, uh, the Greek idiom I read was, uh, uh, that meant Kinsmen. But his family came, they heard about it, they, they, they heard about what was going on with Jesus. And, and you kind of have to look at the whole picture. Mary, we know Mary was touched, uh, you know, and, and the, the angel spoke to her and, and the Holy Spirit worked. And, and, and there was a lot of things going on in her life. But, but then this is many, many, many years later and he's got brothers, they're all grown up. And, and uh, so they come to where Jesus is and they say, he's out of his mind. He's, he's lost it. Jesus is just, he's overworked. There's too many people. He can't keep up. And and obviously, they didn't quite understand who he was, right? They didn't really get the picture about who Jesus was. They said, this guy needs a vacation. He needs a rest. And yet we know that he was saying to you and to me, to all you who are weary and burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. We know that he's the only one that can give us rest, but they're going to him saying, you know what, you need a rest because you are out of control. I just love this. When people think that we're going to help Jesus out, we're going to give him a hand, and it's more than he can bear, more than he can handle, so you and I can step in and we're going to say, Jesus, let me show you how it's done. Let me, let me give you some help here. You know, we got to get you a hotel room and just to sit back and rest for a while. This is his family. I wonder about his mother, though. Was she... Just going along with the brothers, you know how sometimes that can happen? You know, the mom just, well, okay, sons, I'm not sure I agree with you, but I'll go along with it because, you know, I want you to take care of me. Any of your family ever think about you like this? Man, you've lost it. Maybe even your mom? My mom, 87 years old, she's been having quite a bit of physical trouble lately, falling, and, you know, that's not a good thing when, when you're that old and you fall and, and uh, things happen. But my mom, sometimes I'm not real sure what she thinks, but I know that when I first became a Christian and when I started to work towards serving the Lord and become a pastor and all that, she said, you know, I, I really just wanted you to become a priest. Yeah. And so, that's in the Greek Orthodox Church. So, next week, I'm going to start wearing my robes, because i got to keep my mom happy. What does your mom think about you? When, 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 you're, when she thinks about you and your life, and how you live your life, and if you're following after Jesus, does she, can she recognize that first of all? I think it's important to ask that question. Can, can our mothers see? Now, we talk about mothers because mothers have a, kind of that extra sense, right? Yep. Can they see that there's something actually different in our lives, or they say, He's just like Johnny, just like Sue, just like the other one? Doesn't mean they're always right, though, does it? God forbid I said that. I'm not a mother. But mothers, you know, can sometimes not be right. The mother was there and she says, you know, she's with them. And they said, we got to go down and take charge of Jesus. For he's out of his mind. He's out of his mind. Turn with me to John chapter 10. It wasn't just his mother that thought he was insane. John chapter 10 verse 19 says that these words the Jews were again divided. And many of them said he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? The Jews there, they thought, this guy, he's insane. Some of them did, but some of them realized there's something very different about this man, this this man Jesus. And look at what he's doing. Turn back a few pages to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 1. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee, purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. But when the Jewish feast of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, get this, you ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. His brothers said, listen, you know, it seems like they thought he was just like on a, you know, on a quest to become famous. You know, to become the next American idol, the world idol, the Israeli idol, whatever it is. He just wants to do whatever it is to get famous. But Jesus actually was, was we, we've seen it, he says, don't go tell everybody because you know, that wasn't his thing. He came to give his life for the world. Not to make a name for himself. He already had the name that was above every name. He already was the Son of God, God the Son. He didn't need to do all that. It says in Philippians, he didn't need to make a name for himself. He didn't make, you know, he, he emptied himself, it says. His brother said, listen, we, you know, we know a little bit about marketing, we, you know, we, we have a little bit of the sense about this, and we, we know how you can build up your image and, and you know, get on the top of the list. But look at verse 5, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. That's kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? They grew up with him. They saw the way he lived his whole life. Maybe that's why they didn't believe in him. Maybe they were mad at him. He never got spanked. You know he never got disciplined, never got in trouble. well, one time he sort of did at when he was twelve, but his brothers didn 't believe in him, his own brothers didn 't believe in him it's kind of difficult isn't it? And you think how he felt about that and and then what 's going on in in where we are in Matthew, they had no clue what was who this man was, who this guy was there was you know, they, they called him brother, but but there was something way deeper than that, wasn't there? It wasn't just a man. Let's turn back to Matthew twelve. He wasn't just a man, he was the son of man, but he was also the son of God. But they didn't believe in him. So now they're here. They're wanting to take charge of him. They believe that he's out of his mind. Did Jesus rush out to greet them? Of course, he already knew about all that stuff, right? Being the Son of God, he knew what was going on at all times. He didn't rush out to see them. It says in verse 48, He replied to him, the man who told him that they were outside, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Well, if you read that verse by itself, you'll just go like, Wow, did he not remember? Maybe they were correct about him. He didn't even know who his family was. He's, he, maybe he has lost it. You know, his, who's my mama? Kind of thing. But Jesus always knows what he's talking about, right? We say, Jesus, where are you going with this kind of idea? And, and when, he's, when he's speaking to our hearts and working in our lives, we kind of say, Jesus, where are you going with this? I, I'm not sure what you're, where you're going with this. Your mother and your brothers are outside, and you're looking around, and you're saying, who is my mother? Who is my brothers? Who are my brothers? Verse 49, pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. See, there's another family, isn't there? That's what he's talking about. There's another family. There's two families. Verse uh, verse 50 says, Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Two families. There's a natural family. We all have natural family. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. But there's also a spiritual family. and, And the truth about it is that you're born into each one. There's a natural birth where we're born into our human family, our natural family. We've been having quite a few of those births around here lately. It's a very exciting thing, a very exciting time. It's wonderful. But there's also a spiritual family that we're born into by birth. It's called the second birth. And Jesus here is pointing out the importance of the spiritual family. At that moment in time, there was one that was a little bit more on track than the natural family. The natural family thought he was kind of crazy. They were going to try to derail him, take him off his course. But this other spiritual family were sitting around Jesus just wanting to hear every word that he had to say. Think about that passage in Luke where, you know... um, Mary and Martha in the house there, and, and it says Martha was all busy doing all this stuff, but Mary says she sat at the feet of Jesus, wanting to hear what he had to say. Martha said, You've got to get her to get up and help me. And Jesus said, You know what? She's chosen the best, the good, and, and what she has won't be taken away from her. Now, was Jesus slamming his his natural family? No. Was he saying that we should isolate ourselves from them? No. He was, in another place in Matthew 15, later on, uh, Jesus was um, criticizing the religious leaders because they were uh, trying to get out of their responsibility to honor their parents, their natural family. They said, well, you know what, well, we're all spiritual, so we don't need to take that scripture that says honor your father and mother seriously. Because we're too spiritual for that. Now, we're, we're doing this over here. And Jesus said, no, you're twisting things. We need to honor our parents, and, and we need to honor our father and mother. It doesn't mean we do everything they do. It doesn't mean we do everything they tell us to do. Jesus, uh, in fact, Val talked about this passage this morning, about that passage where Jesus set the, the man free. Well, we looked at that earlier, and Jesus sent the man home. Where? To his family. He sent the man home to his family. What did he say to him? He said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Go home to your family. family. Families are important. Jesus never says, you know, don't ever talk to your family. Don't ever, you know, make contact with them. Don't make eye contact with your family. Well, that's a cult kind of thing, you see, that, 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 that keeps you separate so that, they, that you can be controlled. Like I said, now, it doesn't mean that, that you know, if your family's involved in things that are, are not healthy... Uh, one of my brothers, you know, is, he drinks heavily. Doesn't mean I'm going to go there and start drinking with him, but I want to go and see him. And maybe, just maybe, at some point in time, he'll see that Jesus has made a difference in my life. I've shared with him through the years, different times. <clears throat> but what makes us different... And what brings us into this family, this spiritual family, is a spiritual birth. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 1 and verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You see, we're born into that family, but it's not, it's not because your parents were believers, or your grandparents or whatever. Each one of us has to come to a place where we're born of God by the Spirit of God. As we, as it says there in verse 12, as we receive Him, as we believe in His name, I've said this before and and I'll say it again that each one of us needs to make it our own. We, We need to make our faith our own. We can't depend on the faith of our parents. When we're young, we do. But we need to make that our own. There's a verse in 1 John. John says these words, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are that is what we are children of God we become part of the family of God the family brothers and sisters in the family of God that's a different that's a that's a whole different family that you and I are a part of is it always easy in the family all in the family that kind of thing no it's it's not why because we're human we're still in these bodies we have a sinful nature that we battle against It says in the book of Romans that we have this spirit of adoption, this spirit of sonship, and it says, By him we cry, Abba, Father. We call out to God, Abba, Father. We now have this Father in heaven. Back in Matthew, it says Jesus looked around and he, and he called these disciples family. He said, These are my brothers. my mother, my sister. But notice there he says in verse 50, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In other words, the family members, the people who are part of that family, what sets them apart, what makes them different, what shows that they're part of that family? Because they listen to the same father, you see. They listen to dad. He says there, they do the will of my Father in heaven. Family members listen to Dad. Luke says that that those who hear God's word and put it into practice, it's something that is real. We don't become part of the family by doing the will of our Father in heaven, the Father in heaven. But because we're part of the family, we do the will of our Father in heaven. See, there's a difference there, right? Because of who we are, we act differently. The family of God. How do we treat each other? This is kind of a cool verse in 1 Timothy. Paul tells Timothy, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. He said, Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, Younger women as sisters with absolute purity. This family of God, we treat each other like family. You and me. For better, for worse. It's a big family though, isn't it? It goes all over the whole planet. Now we, here in, in, in places like Rhode Island, there's pretty big families. Big extended normal human families, right? You know, you got cousins and aunts and uncles and people you never even met. But we've got family all over the world because of the spiritual birth that we've had, that I hope you have had into the family of God. Two births. The natural birth, sometimes, like this, what Jeremiah says, which Job also said, Jeremiah said, Cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought my father the news and made him very glad, saying, A child is born to you a son. He said, Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? Sometimes you feel that way, don't you? About being part of this world, part of this life but I want to close with uh, some verses in the book of Titus about the spiritual birth that makes things different, that makes things brand new. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and then Titus. Titus chapter 3. And verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He's done a work in my life in your life. If you have surrendered, you believed and received Jesus Christ. Sometimes we get a little mixed up, our natural family, our spiritual family. But he says here, those that have been born by the Spirit of God, have the hope of eternal life the hope of eternal life sometimes it's not so easy with our family both kinds of families but look around people look around see the people around you go ahead it's okay don't be afraid don't make eye contact just look around <laughs> it's a family And we have to learn how to live together, to be each other, be with each other. Maybe you're not part of the family yet, and you look around and say, these are all aliens. They are out of their mind. But maybe it's time for you to join, be part of that family, with the hope of eternal life. One thought I want to leave you with about Mary, Jesus' mother and the brothers, after Jesus ascended into heaven in the book of Acts, chapter 1, it says these words, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with women, the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. At some point in time, they got it. They entered. They joined. You see? Earlier on, they, they thought he was... They thought he, was, he lost it. He was out of it. But now... Acts chapter 1, they're with him in the prayer meeting, knowing who Jesus really was. James, one of his half-brothers, became a leader in the church there in Jerusalem. God used them. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and that teaches us about these two families. One, we kind of get no choice. Kind of just are a part of that family. And and two, you give us a choice whether we want to believe and receive you and, and join that spiritual family with a eternal life at the end. Father, I, I pray that you'd help us in these in these days to live uh, according to your will, as Jesus said, those who do the will of your will, Father, help us to do your will, to hear your word, to put it into practice, that we might show that we are a part of the family, the spiritual family, the family of God, because of how we live. I pray here, too, Lord, as well, for this morning, for any who have not joined the family of God, that perhaps they're, they're thinking, they're wondering Maybe they're even saying, like Jeremiah and Job, what's the purpose? Why was I even born? There's no point in it. There's no hope in it. But yet the hope is found in you. And if that's you this morning, I want to give you this opportunity right here, right now, to simply open your heart and life to Jesus Christ and become part of this family. Simply stay with me now, dear Jesus. I open my heart to receive you, to believe in you as the Son of God, the Savior, the one who gave your life on that cross for me. I need that hope and that help and that eternal life that you have to offer. And so I surrender today. Father God, I pray for us today as we spend time, we've spent time here, but we, many, many of us, not all, but many have family to go see today, Mother's Day celebrations, dinners, or maybe just getting together in one way or another. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be those lights, showing that Jesus, you have made a change in my life. Help us, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.